Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast in association with Acorns Children's Hospice. Cole Petham here as always and we're here to chat about the probably best defeat that Villa has had this Premier League campaign thus far. A 2-1 loss at Villa Park to Manchester City. Arguably the best second half of the season. Maybe some would say I guess you could throw Everton into that and maybe even the Brighton game or result I should say as well. But nonetheless a hard fought loss that uh, albeit no points uh, would put probably a lot of positive thoughts in Villa fans heads. But anyways, this is going to be more of a kind of a quick uh, recap pod. It's of course myself and Danny Raza here as always. It's been uh, a long time, Danny, since it's been you and me, but nonetheless, we'll see how long we go, but how's it going with you? Yeah. It's all good, mate. Surprisingly, me and you, the only ones free midweek. What a surprise. <laughs> as per. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Um, I, lo- I love that. I love a little Wednesday Wednesday night Premier League um, free online streaming action. Oh, it's not free. I don't know what I'm talking about, but it's more accessible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, obviously all the games, all the games were live on Amazon Prime. So kind of like new little punditry team and, and kind of set up to watch with. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was it was a decent it was a decent performance from Villa. I wouldn't go around celebrating it, but uh, good performance either way. I think the way that I'd sum it up is that despite the result, it still feels like progress. And I still feel like Gerard's Villa are progressing. Yeah, massively. I think that's the one thing that we can take away is we had a clear game plan and not to kind of put any disrespect on Dean Smith's name. I just don't know how we would have lined up under him in this circumstance. I feel like it would have been a lot more frantic, but you can see there's a clear game plan and albeit we were running around like headless chickens at times. I think every team in the world does that against Manchester city when they have like the ball 90% of the time. And as per that, you have to look at the likes of, I'd probably say Maddie target and Maddie cash probably being the best defensively. Um, I thought uh, Douglas Louise was superb as well. And like Ollie Watkins was fantastic when he actually had the ball and was able to move it to someone else besides just losing it after being tackled by literally three city defenders. But anyways, of course, Ruben Diaz scores the first for City, followed up by a wonderful, I have to say, Bernardo Silva going the 43rd minute to give them a 2-0 lead before half. Of course, Ollie Watkins scored Villa's only goal of the game in the 47th minute, neatly from a corner, which uh, I wasn't uh, expecting, I should say, and I'm sure not many other Villa fans were as well. But clearly, Stevie G gave them a right talking to at halftime, and it seemed to work a little bit, Danny, didn't it? Yeah, look, I think, you know, going 2-0 down for me was very, very disappointing. I think I think everybody sort of had it in their heads that, right, if Villa are 1-0 down to City at halftime, it's not a bad, it's not a bad thing. Um, but keep it at 1-0, and they weren't able to do that. But Gerard, even in his post-match press conference, he did talk about saying, well, we need to get this goal early. So for them to respond like that after halftime, I was very happy to see it. Um, we know that Dean Smith's teams did rally back at 
in the second half a lot of the time, but it was never sort of this controlled. It was interesting to me as well that when you listen to Gerard again, post-match, he talks about these those initial 10 or 15 minutes at the start of the match where Villa didn't quite look at it. Um, but I, I mean, I disagree with you. I don't, I don't think Villa ever looked like headless chickens with them, with City pressing at them today. I think City clearly had a clearly had a game plan to press Villa back. But I think what we're seeing is that the shape um, of the defending at Villa is um, it's definitely improved. I think the midfield are definitely doing their jobs a lot better, uh, making it so that there's not a lot of space for for City to pass around. And, and even when you do look at those two goals that City scored, the first one. Like, you know, you can defend as well as you want for the entire game and that goal still goes in. I think Matty Target should have had that, to be honest. But uh, I don't know if you look at the replays and of course, hindsight's a beautiful thing. It's just, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to commit to trying to block that, you really have to commit. You can't really duck out at the last second. That's what I got from that. But what did you think? I'm going to actually watch this back as well if I can find it. But <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess... I guess, I guess, yeah, target maybe should have been in the way a bit more. But I think, I think if one, if one thing, it's, it's one of those things. It was such a unexpected strike that you're kind of expecting it to kind of ricochet or, or go off somebody. And yeah, look, I think that's what you get with shooting from range. Sometimes it's unpredictable. I think Martinez had a lot of bodies in front of him, so it would have been difficult for him to save that. Um, but, but I think in terms of throwing their bodies in, in in front of City throughout the game, I think that I did do a pretty decent job. One, one particular one was was Konza sort of later on in the game as well and still mm-hmm. dragged it across. But um, yeah, look, I think I think Villa did fairly well. I think what you see there with that, with that Diaz goal is a pure example of why Villa should have taken their chances better because that was the theme of the first half, wasn't it? There were chances, there were breaks, there were moments where Bailey, Buendia and Watkins, which you would say is probably Villa's favoured front three, uh, where, where they were on the break, but chances just weren't taken, and so so Man City when they when they get an opportunity like that and strike you, it just uh, it's just a reminder of why you've uh, got to make those right passes in the in the final third. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the one thing there is, and like you said, you do have to take your chances. And I, I think what some fans will be a little frustrated with Leon Bailey in particular, I guess, would be the two opportunities I can think on the break where. I can understand his mindset probably to hold on that thinking if I can get past this one player, it's going to open up probably two or three more avenues to move that on and put that pressure. But in my mind, okay, I'll give you some slack on the first one, but I feel like on the second one, when you're so deep in city's half, you just kind of lay it off to Buendia or whoever it was on the left. I can't exactly remember who was overlapping at the time, but um, it, it is one of those where you sit there and think, okay, I understand what you're doing, but if you're going to play like this against Manchester city and lose the ball, you also have to be tidy with it. If you're not, we saw what happened with the second goal and that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened. We break, we lose it in a cheap area that we probably should have done better. And when you're playing city's game, they're going to play it better than you. I mean, their third string is probably better than half the Premier league <laughs> as it is. Um, it, it's kind of crazy in that instance. And, like I said, fair play to Bernardo Silva, who I will be very annoyed at for scoring, but happy with because he's in my FPL team. So I guess if City had to score, I'm a little bit happier with that. But what'd you make of that one in particular? It was a good strike and everyone talks about how great a strike is, but that was, but to be honest, it's one of those where if he misses it, you kind of think, what? Yeah. What a poor, what a poor attempt. I think I was very unhappy with that goal, particularly because 
we just left so much space. I think when City when City got us initially, I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. It's two 0 You know, this is a very good City side. This kind of thing does happen, but like you know, with 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 three minutes to go until the second half, you think keep here one 0 boys. What are you doing? You know, I thought I thought it was the right idea for Cash to move forward with that ball and you know for Villa to to get an attack to go attack going, but. That didn't mean the entire defence had to be pushed up. And I get it. You know, Gerard wants to play that pressing game. But again, that's not an issue if Cash doesn't make the absolute worst pass cross. If that if Cash crosses it and it goes out for a throw in, fine. If Cash crosses it and it goes out for a goal kick, fine, right? What Cash has done is, with that cross, completely bypassed the, the, the penalty area and... Uh, yeah, just 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 switched it out to City's most open player in defence, and so yeah, you know when you've got that many players forward, then it's it's easy, it's easy for City to to catch you. Was there a bit of concern with you, Danny, in terms of I wouldn't say our shape, but when we did press forward, was there any concern with the midfield for you today? Because I put up a little tweet at halftime on the seventy five hundred to hold account, of course just kind of asking people's thoughts. And the one issue they had was probably the midfield for the opening 25 minutes or so. Everyone kind of slowly grew into the game, but do you think that's more so to be expected when you're playing against city? You're not going to have much of the ball. So you're going to kind of think, well, your midfield or whoever else isn't really doing their job is, do you think that's kind of right to say? Yeah, look, I think, I think, I think it was just a little bit of a shock there. I think Gerard again, interestingly, I've got to keep referring back to the manager because this is, you know, he is the he is the main reason Villa have changed the way they play. Gerard did say that I think um standards now obviously being up, and the city game came at almost the right time for Villa because they've had the two the first two games, they've had uh, you know, they've gotten two wins against Brighton and Palace, which both you know results against good informed teams. But with the, what they've got in City here is a completely different side. It's a big test for Gerard. It's a big test for 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 Gerard to take his Villa side, who he's only been training for for sort of like two, three, four weeks now, um, and and get them to to keep playing at, at that intensity midweek, and get them doing it against a side which is, you know, they they they'll fancy themselves as the best team in the world, Man City. I'm not saying that they are. I'm saying they'll fancy themselves as the best team in the world. You know, when you look at your PSGs, you look at your Bayern Munich, you look at your Real Madrid. The City, they're they're a class above everybody in the Premier League, bar Chelsea, bar Liverpool, maybe. And even then, right? Best team in the league. Big test for Gerard. Big test for for Villa players who, before those two games, before Gerard came in, had lost five in a row. Had been rolling over, you know, (laughs) week by week, you know, on a game-by-game basis. So for them to come out there, it was always going to be difficult for them to then up that level even more. Uh, I do think they struggled in that first sort of like 14, 15 minutes. I don't think it was it was down to the midfield necessarily. I think it was just down to that, down to that intensity, down to trying to get into the game. But they grew, they grew into the game, and they didn't concede until they had grown into the game anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they they defended well. They kept their shape there. They they didn't roll over. They didn't allow City to just walk over them. There wasn't a, there wasn't a time really where you thought, oh, you know, they've escaped luckily here, Villa. Martinez did make one great one great save, of, fair enough. But Villa got their chances in as well. You know, it got to the 15th, 20th, 25th minute. Villa got their chances too. And I, and I think they, they really did 
um, match Man City sort of as they as they grew into the game. So for me, the midfield were were, were, were terrific. There's clearly a difference in the way that that Gerard's midfield work. I thought Douglas Louise coming in for Jacob Ramsey as well as Jacob Ramsey has played, I thought was the right decision. Um, he played tremendously as in that sort of box to box role, sort of with that little bit more freedom. Linked up really well with Buendia, I thought today. Uh, I think as well, Nakamba did a decent job. McGinn. The way that they're covering and allowing Target and Cash to kind of have a bit more freedom out there, the way that they're covering, dropping deep and and just making it difficult for sides to play through them is something that really we did lack under Dean Smith. And for me, what we're seeing is the best versions of all our midfielders right now. And that includes Morgan Stanson, who came off the bench. And that includes Jacob Rumsey, who didn't play today. So for me, the midfield, I thought they, could, they did a good job. Yeah, that first 10, 15 minutes, it's a thing that needs to get worked on. But I think Gerard's acknowledged that too. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I did really like is having Nakamba kind of as the sitting holding midfielder. And it does give Louise that freedom to really express himself. And of course, like we kind of discussed before the podcast, Danny, Louise has had many training sessions with a lot of these city players. He knows what to expect, even if it was a few years ago. And to be fair, the amount of uh, fouls that he drew himself and the physicality that he was able to hold off and the likes of uh, Rodri in particular, um, I know there are the, a few other ba- battles with the, a few other uh, city midfielders in particular, but, oh, I think there was actually a good one with Fernandinho as well, but he held his own. And that's the one thing I do like It's you're allowed like kind of a leaving him of the defensive responsibilities where so I do like him at that holding role at times but also at times I do think he holds on to the ball a little too much where he wants to pick up that perfect pass the one thing I love about Nakamba and I've said this for a few weeks now is he can get the ball away from him quickly because he doesn't want to think about it for too long and I think that combination of those two works out brilliantly but Let's get on to the Ollie Watkins goal, because I think that's probably the one thing that Villa fans might be most positive about. I can only imagine what Steven Gerrard said at halftime, but in terms of that response in the second half, I don't think you could have any better better start, could you? No, I, I agree. I think I think Watkins did I think Watkins did what Watkins does. You know, he shows intensity running at the ball. Uh he's he's not sort of He's not a kind of sit-back striker. He doesn't almost play off his back foot, if you know what I mean. He's, he's always there looking to come at it, and that's what you want to see from him. I think it's almost when he's at his best as well, when he, when he strikes at you without, without seeing it. I think when he's difficult for him when he's playing with his back to goal. I think what you want is Watkins coming towards the ball. I think we probably should have got into him a little bit more today. Um, it's a shame we didn't really, because he did look very, very dangerous. But yeah, I thought well, the other thing that was interesting for me was Douglas Louise taking the corner. I don't know about you, but I half expected Ashley Young to be there taking that set piece, given he's been getting the uh, getting the assists in. I wonder if Man City had to read into Douglas Louise taking it there. Uh, but yeah, I think City should have done a lot better. Should have done a lot better because Watkins is almost allowed to run too free um, for that one. And that was actually a, that was actually quite a key theme as well. I think. Villa looked most dangerous when they were drilling the ball into the box like that. Well, the one thing, too, that I noticed the most is when you're going to hoof it up the pitch or have Watkins as the lone outlet, you need that second player to really be as close as possible to him. The times we did do that is when we were most lethal because at that time, you basically bypass the city attack, the city midfield. It might be three or four players. But the amount of time that we could get target or cash to kind of overlap that with an additional midfielder, we overloaded the best team in the league, in my opinion. And it worked to an extent, 
But at the same time, like we've said a couple times here, we just didn't take those chances. And you know what? Another day, another team, those probably do go in. And I think the one thing maybe we can address now, Danny, is the the Chuck Wameka, um effort on goal that I thought went in with the camera angle, but apparently it was a save and I was broken hearted. I shouldn't have jumped that early and celebrated, but that kind of shows that uh, I'm an idiot at times. But anyways, what did you make of his performance coming off from the bench and uh, that effort in particular? Yes. Yeah, so there's two times for me in the second half where I really kind of had my, you know, I was, I was, when I was really ready to jump out of my seat. The first time was, was the concert penalty, penalty shout. The other time was, was Carney. Now with, with Chukwumaka, I think if you're to believe the paper talk during the week, there was this idea that he's looking to move so he can go somewhere where he can get more opportunities. Um, obviously, in these articles, always, you know, teams where he's likely to get less opportunities always get <laughs> thrown into the mix. But, um, you know, he, he, I think he had a chance. He had a chance, you know, um, under Gerard. I think Gerard, and, I, and and to some, to, to many, in many ways, he did, he did, um, he, he did take that chance. But I think, you know, Ger- Gerard's obviously said to him, "Well, look, you know, if if, if you think you're you're good enough, you think you deserve chances, go and see what it's like. Go go out there, play against the best team in the league." I did think it was a bit of an issue because it almost seemed like our pressing on the front line um, definitely kind of wasn't all there. You've kind of got an inexperienced player who's maybe not, you know, as in tune with that with that level of of, of pressing high up the pitch Ashley Young had to move to left back as well that disturbed things Matty Target having to come off with that concussion and hopefully he's okay now um but in terms of that chance look it was he was through on goal he was through on goal he thought well left peg he's got to he's got to he's got to get that one in he's got to bury it uh and you know I think I think if he was playing in a in an under 23s game uh he'll have he'll have got that over the keeper but Edison just had enough time you know thanks to that second touch that Carney made I think People talk about he should have whacked it on his first on his first touch, but the way that ball kind of gets pinged in, it's kind of caught between his feet a little bit. Uh, yeah, look, I think another day, another goalkeeper, and he's buried it. Yeah, and probably if that was Watkins or Ings, you would probably say that most likely that's probably a goal, especially I would say if it was Danny Ings with the clinical finishes that he can produce, of course, didn't even make the side today um, out through injury. Danny, the one I player I do want to discuss right now, and it's nice to see his name actually on the pitch and see him on the pitch himself. Morgan Sanson, he is alive, people. Um, he does exist. And uh, we saw him for about, uh, what, probably 13-odd minutes or 20-odd minutes, I guess, with uh, injury time included and all that kind of stuff. Coming on in the 77th minute for Nakamba. So you can tell we're going for a little bit more of a press, a little bit more urgency to get up the pitch and create something. What did you make of his brief cameo? Because albeit a short one, he had a few nice moments of their real quality, didn't he? Yeah, I think he just reminds us as well that, you know, he is a top quality midfielder. And look, if he does have the quality, if he does have the quality, Gerard will notice it. Gerard will know it, you know, being the, um, you know, being the elite midfielder that he was. Um, for me, Sanson, he hasn't played much this season, but when he has played, he's looked very good in, in sort of the 60 odd minutes he's had on the pitch. I do think he's got a part to play, but I think now you look at that midfield, it looks crowded again. It looks overcrowded again, doesn't it? You've got McGinn, you've got Douglas Louise, you've got Sanson, and you've got Ramsey. And then you've got Nakamba almost in that holding role. So I think it's a case of... 
It's a, I, I don't know if he's going to go in January. I don't know if we're going to send him out on loan to make sure he has minutes or or whatever. But he probably does have a part to play if he's going to if he's going to keep on coming on and 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 having performances like that. Can he do that over ninety minutes, or is he like Bailey destined to just be injured um, most of the time? I think that's what remains to be seen because uh, with the amount of time he's, he's spent out, we just don't know, do we? Um, but from what I've seen of him. What I, from what I've seen of him, I like him. I like that he's able to carry the ball forward. I like that he's always got an eye for the right pass. He almost seems like more of an, an attacking midfielder, but at the same time, he's got the energy to press and he, he doesn't seem to stop working hard. So um, obviously, he had a little bit of a falling out with Dean Smith, um, if if we remember sort of mid-game. Uh, but I think now, you know, maybe under a new manager, maybe that belief in him might well be instilled again. Yeah, and I mean, maybe it's just my experience of being a Villa fan for the last decade and um, memories of Westwood and um, El Amity and just very not very good Villa midfielders at times. I'm not very comfortable with having this many decent, very good options at times as well during these days, but maybe that comfortability factor will finally set in. But no, once again, when this team is healthy, I honestly think we can challenge for the top eight. I'm that confident with the quality, especially in that midfield. I think if we have another winger, we have another, you'd probably say defensive midfielder. I don't think a top eight finish is a stretch at all with the side we have. If healthy, of course, we never know what will happen there. But Danny, I know you were going on and on about this in the in the WhatsApp group chat. The cons of penalty show, just, just take it away, sir. I can't take it away, bro. There's not much to say. <laughs> There's two players, two players go in from the back of him, you know, in the penalty area. What the heck, bro? How is that not a penalty? Cons is closest to the ball. He's probably able to get to it. Mark Clattenburg after the game was talking about he was on he was on Amazon Prime. He was talking about after the game. He was talking about how because of Cons' knee sort of like sliding and him not looking anywhere near the ball, it shouldn't have been a penalty. But I'll I'll draw you again to Steven Gerrard in the post match. Nine out of ten times. A referee probably gives that as a foul outside of the box. Why is that not a foul? He's got Nathan Ake coming in from behind him. He catches his legs. Rodri's coming in on the other side. Conza's got absolutely no chance of making that ball if that's happening. So if there's contact made, we, we're constantly told when there's contact in the penalty area, it's usually a usually a penalty. So I, yeah, just I just baffles me. Baffles me how that's not given. It's really weird though too because if you if you sit back and look at it, and I had a different commentating team or commentary team i should say on the zone i can't remember who the co-commentator was i just thought he was beyond annoying with the comments he made um but the excuse for that one he gave with ake was ake was didn't even touch him but then he tracked back and said well he was sliding already and then he slid into konza but it wasn't malicious and i'm thinking it doesn't matter if it's malicious or not it doesn't matter if it still goes bro. through him so it really doesn't matter if you slide tackle someone after they took a shot or whatever it's still a foul it's still in play it can still be called so i don't know it's a really weird one i just feel like there's i don't want to say there's exceptions for certain teams and there isn't for others but it, it just feels like when you have that consistency with the likes of cities and your liverpools at times it just really makes me question, like, what's the ultimate aim of this? Is it to get sometimes a city win or something like that? You know what I mean, Danny? It just it, it just seems really odd how you call that maybe outside I, the box versus in. I will not. Uh, I will not be drawn into. 
<laughs> I was this <laughs> close. A hidden agenda. I was this close, folks. God damn. No, I don't. Think, I don't think there's anything to do with an, with a hidden agenda or anything. I just think that it's um just again, it's just frustrating. It's just a bad decision. It's just a bad decision, to be honest. But there's just justification for it. I mean, you know, but I think softer ones have been given. But I, I do kind of get it. If concert maybe made a little bit more of an effort to get that, there may have been more of a shout for Villa. Yeah. But true. that you know, that being said, that being said, I do think it should have been a penalty. True, true. Um thoughts on uh well, what's his name? Uh John, Jake, uh oh Jack Grealish. What were your thoughts on him coming on? Well, I think um we always knew that he was only going to get a few minutes today. Pep said that. Uh, I did think it was a bit embarrassing of the club to kind of post a tribute Massively. pre-game, considering, considering you know, this is a tight game. It's an important game for us. You know, that same player, that very same player, come onto the pitch and score against us, you know, regardless of... Look, I mean, do that yesterday if you want to. Do it earlier in the week, fine, whatever. You know, do it after the game if you have to. Don't do it, you know, hours before kickoff. You know, that's just just a bad omen, man. Just do it when he retires. And you can say his stats with Villa. Don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I just (laughs) just thought thought it was a bit weird, really. I thought someone someone did make the point that um, anything that stops players getting getting abused is good. That's fair enough. But I still don't see how that would have stopped it. Um, You know, I think maybe it would have stopped a few select fans. But look, you know, he was booed. He was also clapped as he came on the pitch. I don't think there was anything less that we that we expected. He's got the John Cena reaction, as I like to call it. You know, half the stadium, <laughs> half the studio. No, what do you mean? There it is. It's true though. The WWE <laughs> reference. It lives well. <laughs> point, me, point me, point me, towards anything else that 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 epitomizes it in the same way. Half the stadium loves him. Half the stadium, I won't say hate, doesn't love him, and and we could see that from the reactions. Would you have I think it was a decent him. cameo for him. Would you, have, would you have clapped him if he came on with the John Cena theme music and start going, you can't see me? <laughs> Bro, we didn't see him for, for, for most of last season. True. He so, got 100 million for someone who was injured for like three months last season. So, no. look, I think so. City have a worse injury situation than us, don't they? No, I, I think, I think, um, I think, look, it was good for him to get on at Villa Park. I think it's good for him to get that out of the way. Mentally for himself, um, it's not a hurdle he has to get over again, hopefully. Um, you know, wish the lad well and everything. But I think also for the fans, it's probably not. So they don't have to hear the whole, oh, it was Jack Grealish's first time back at Villa Park again. So probably in a way, it's quite nice that it happened, you know, over five minutes at the end of the match where nothing really was going to happen. Yeah, it's it's nice not to have everything focused on him. It was nice that it was five minutes. It's out of the way, whatever. Uh, very much looking forward to when we go to the Eddie had. He fouls John McGinn in the box in the 89th minute, and we score the game winner from a penalty. Um, very <laughs> much looking happen. forward. No, no, it's not going to happen. But uh, you know what? It's been a very, very long time since we can say that uh, we've beaten City. I think it was, what, 2014? I'm thinking 13 games, I think is it 13 games or something like that? Something sure. like that. It, it's been a long time. I'm sure it'll be even longer. But regardless, Danny, um, who would you give your match ball to this evening? That's a tough one, but I'd probably give it to Ooh, it's a hard one between Douglas Louise and Ollie Watkins for me. But I think I'm gonna give it to Ollie Watkins just 
just I think I think he I think he had um, he, he did well getting into the right positions and, and and getting that goal as well grabbing their grabbing the game by himself I thought it was very strong but it could have just as easily been Douglas Louise for me I also think he bossed it bossed it in midfield so yeah um, I'm going to give it Oli though yeah fair enough um, currently producing my player ratings that'll probably go up shortly after we finish recording I did give it to Ollie Watkins as well I scored him an eight out of ten. Didn't have the ball too much, but keep in mind he did score. When he did have it, he created the best he could. And to be honest, I think with a little bit more service, I think we could have nicked a second goal there. Um, honestly, to be honest, he did everything you could ever ask him and then some with some of the spells in possession that City had, and I thought he was really positive off the ball as well. Also, also did very, very well in terms of driving forward and actually winning fouls as yes. well. Did very, very well at that. You know, knew knew when he wasn't, you know, going to make it further up the pitch, and, and was very good at drawing fouls on a city side, which generally were very, very disciplined. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. I, I think the thing with him too is it's going to be interesting to see when when standings is actually fit and firing, how and who kind of takes reins. I, I honestly, I think it has to be Watkins. That's the primary kind of striker at this moment, and it'll be Danny Ings to kind of earn that, but. Uh, or a spot back on the team, I should say. But Danny really we could have quick... done with him today. Yeah, no. Sorry, bro, I was just gonna say we could have done with him today. Like I think, I think Watkins has to be the guy leading the line, right? But off the bench, I think Villa were crying out for Danny Ings. They really were crying out for him because look, I think Carney Chakwameka, him coming on, great. But also that for you, that for me, that was a young player getting experienced against the top side. I think that's what that was, right? Um, other than that, yeah, Sanson again. I think it was him getting minutes. I think it, I don't want to say it was Gerard accepting defeat, but I think it was a. I think it was a case of, you know, get on, see what happens. I don't think there was anybody else on the bench there who was going to come on and, and change the game. Really, I think we really needed um, Danny Ings to 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 come on and and give Villa a little bit more firepower later on. Yeah, well, the thing I noticed there too is Danny Ings really has a bit of energy about him, and he can press a lot when needed. And I think that kind of added pressure on the city backline albeit they're very comfortable with the ball i think i can offer a little bit something different but we'll have to wait and see how that plays out but uh danny before we do end this lester on sunday confident mm. fairly i don't think Leicester have been great i think defensively i think that they are quite leaky so i i think i think we've got a i think we've got a good shot against them i think the only thing that worries me is that this just this inconsistent front line we don't, we, we have not, I don't think under Gerard we've been able to pick the same front line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think, I think, I know we would have been able to today, but we haven't. Now Bailey's injured. Um, one thing that I noticed today going forward was, was Bailey, Buendia and Watkins. I think, I think they both, I mean, all three of them showed very good intent early on in the first half, but it's clear the team chemistry isn't here, isn't there just yet. You know the the link up play between them all. It's clear that they that they don't understand each other perfectly just yet, and, and that that should hopefully hopefully get better over time. But that's the only thing that worries me. The other thing with Leicester is that you know they've got two strikers who can fire. You know Vardy and Daka, both there, both available. I think that is going to make life difficult for for Mings and Konza. They're going to have to deal with the ball a lot more on the floor um, rather than kind of over the top and in the air like we have, like they probably have done you know in recent weeks. So I think uh, yeah, it's going to be. You know they're going to have to concentrate on the ball coming behind them. I think I think that would be difficult. But other than that, I do think that Villa have a good chance against Leicester, and I probably would. I probably would give us the win here. I mean that 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 this, the, the City performance today. That's what I'd call conditioning training. You know mm-hmm. that was resist that was resistance training. 
right? And, and for them to go out there and, you know, second half play the way they did, I'm just hoping that that kind of front, you know, pushes on to the next game. Well, the nice thing too is we gave some players some minutes that needed it. Louise obviously um, came in and got some good minutes under his belt as well. And now you probably look at a few, a little bit of rotation, maybe heading into Sunday. It's a few days, so maybe not too, too much. But the one thing in particular with Leicester this season is how they do sometimes concede goals early in particular. Obviously, they just drew a Southampton two all an early goal in the third minute. And I think they drew back quickly after that and then conceded again, not too long after. So they're much leakier than typical. And I know they've had some injury concerns and they're kind of going through a little bit of a bad patch this season, up and down a lot of times, but it's going to be interesting. And we all know that the, um, the whole kind of media circus is going to surround Gerard against his old manager, Brendan Rogers. And we know that's going to be kind of, taking that for the most part but the one nice thing i think that with someone like jared before we kind of wrap this up because i know you probably want to get out of here daddy because you're yawning is the one thing i like is how he almost takes away that pressure and i don't know if we kind of got that under dean smith so much i I think he just lets the players kind of express themselves and yeah i think that's the best part of it but we'll have to wait and see but uh, do you have a score prediction by chance yeah i think i've got two one villa i've got two one villa I think I think I think they're capable of doing that. I th- I think as you say, like Gerard probably does allow them to express themselves a bit more, but I think that's only because because they have to work harder. It's like yeah, go ahead and play your natural game, go ahead and take the shackles off a little bit, but, but just know that you know off the ball, you have to you have to work hard. You know, it's 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 having those midfielders slip back into the fullback position when Cash and Target are, are bombing forward. I think I think genuinely like. You know they they're having to work really really hard. I mean, it, when whenever there's been an injury in the last couple of weeks, Gerard's just kind of said, "Well, yeah, we expected a few niggles because <laughs> you know we're working them harder." So as much as Villa are getting to express themselves, and I think I've I think you know they, they are having to work harder for it. But against Leicester, uh, they probably have a little bit more freedom to do that against than than against Man City. So um, yeah, as long as they can keep as disciplined as they did. In fact, they'll probably have to be a little bit more disciplined. As long as they can keep that discipline, uh, I think I think we'll see we'll see a couple of goals against Leicester. Fair enough. I'll go with a a two one win. I'm very confident of that, and maybe that's because of last season and that shock result we had against them early on. But I, I just think if you can keep things tight, of course, you never know when Jamie Vardy is going to be on form these days. He kind of has a week or two off, and then scores a couple or a hat trick, and then everyone thinks he's on fire, and then. I don't know, that cycle kind of comes back and forth every once in a while, but I think we do have a good opportunity to nick something. But anyways, Daniel, we'll wrap things up there. We've been going long enough. We wanted to make this a quick one, but it never really is with us, is it? Um, We do like to rant and rave these days, or I should say any day, really. But anyways, we'll leave it at that. We'll be back, of course, probably you'll hear it on the following Monday to cover the Leicester City game, of course. Keep getting your donations in for our Acorns fundraiser on our Just Giving page, of course. We just kind of promoted that more officially on Twitter. We'll keep doing that throughout the month of December. Um, Of course, feel free to donate what you can if you don't have the means to or don't feel like you like to do so. No means, no pressure, uh, or by means, no pressure, I should say. You can tell how late we're doing this. I'm just rambling my words. But anyways, we'll leave it at that. And don't forget, up the villa.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.